is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thanks for tuning in today. Here in the studio, the original studio, is uh, with me is the pastor, Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? Better than I deserved. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, it's, yeah. a, it's a blessing to be back with you. Yeah, it's been absolutely. A, it's been a while. It's been a long time. It's yeah. been a long time, but not the the bad type of long time. It's it's just been we have been uh, under uh, not stress, but under a lot of uh, 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 under duty. I put it that way. We've been under duty. Things yeah. that we have to take care of, and uh, you know, for me, my work, and then you're working uh, one day a week, like you yeah. always work, yeah, just, I, to, I, just I, on I, Sunday. Yeah. I, <laughs> Nothing but time. Yeah, you're the opposite of Chick Fil A. You only work on Sunday. <laughs> so uh, uh, our uh, our our podcast is sponsored by Sparkling Soda, as you can hear as we uh, as we pop the top to another uh, <laughs> to another podcast, and uh, we are uh, excited to be here. But I have a lot of questions for. For Matt, I'm not even sure in what direction these questions are going to go, uh, but we're just going to go ahead and get into it. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the last few uh, weeks you have been talking about uh, the government and uh, the, the the biblical, I forget the title of them, I just know where you are and what you're talking about. Yeah, it's the, the, the idea we're in a sermon series that is... Uh, seeking to get a right understanding of government mm-hmm. th- for the purpose of living faithfully as the church, right? So the idea is we are the church, but we live in the state, mm-hmm. in the realm, right, that government uh, has a broad jurisdiction in. And so we want to we want to understand government rightly so that we can live faithfully mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we've been we've been really mining because we live in quite confusing times where government is clearly overstepping its bounds and the question is can we identify that do we understand what that means do we understand what those bounds are do we understand what those jurisdiction what the jurisdiction of the church is and when government oversteps what is our response? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we respond to them? How do we confront them? How do we live still with them? I.e., right, because we are citizens of earth while we are citizens of heaven, mm-hmm. and that's that's you know the, that's reality, mm-hmm. and that's not always easy to uh, to fulfill. But that's that's what we're called to, and the blessing is God's word is is clear. And gives us uh, the direction for that. So, yeah, that's a yeah. summary. That's a good summary. Um, I want to say that the the questions that I have are more or less just kind of areas that you didn't really cover in the sermons. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also in the still series. Still got about three or four four more to go. So. Right, right. And in the <laughs> series that you did on Wednesday. And yes. one of the first yes. ones that I thought of. Uh, was not from the, the 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 last sermon, but from uh, one of the previous ones. I had a question about this, and you kind of alluded to it during the Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, but there are layers of government uh, yeah. when it comes down to it, yep. and um, it's like like how do we handle that? Because mm-hmm. you know, in this country, in America, we have the president, and then yep. we have uh, the state government, you know, yep. with the governor, and then local governor with our county, yep. and then the city. Yep. Uh, and you know, how do we handle that? Because what happens is, 
let's just say we lived in a different state. Mm-hmm. You know, we lived in like the state of uh, I don't know West Virginia, and uh, we almost in, heaven. <laughs> we live in the state of West Virginia, where they're uh, they're they are running government completely differently than when they are you know than they are nationally. Yes, you know, uh, and or you know our our governor. You know, it was Big Jim. Is that who the governor is? Big Jim Justice. Yeah. yeah. Big Jim is running uh, government different than our local government, like our city mayor. Yes. Like, how do we handle those kind of, uh, I would say, uh, conflicts? Yeah. The best way I can. Yeah. Or contradictions. Uh, contradictions. Yeah. Yeah. Between. Yeah. I think, well, the issue is where are you planted? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the principle right is is uh you live where you're called right as you are called you you bloom where you're planted you live where you're called you've got to figure out your your uh context right mm-hmm. of ministry so um you know what west virginia does has no bearing upon what i what i do now because i'm in maryland mm-hmm. so west virginia's jurisdiction is only within west virginia so right. i'm in maryland it doesn't matter so so it's just a, it's a, and that's what makes this uh, honestly, that's what makes this issue so nuanced, meaning so gray on so many levels. It's not black and white across the board like so many people want it to be, mm-hmm. where this decision is the, is, the, is the decision everybody should make, i.e. all churches should do this one thing. Well, it's not that easy because all churches aren't facing the same thing. Some are facing more restrictions than others, depending on what jurisdiction, i.e. what county, what state, you know, whatever. And so that's, in some ways, in some reasons, that's what makes this harder. I've said from the beginning when we first talked about this early on, many, many months ago now, that if this was something that, if we were dealing with a presidential mandate, this would be so much easier. Mm -hmm. Where if it was just a blanketed, no one can go to church or no one can sing or whatever from the president, that would, it would be easy. Mm -hmm. Because then it would be, oh, okay, we all, we all need to do the same thing. No, we're not going to do that. So pretty much all faithful churches would say no. But when you have a, a, a county, or let's just say when you have a state like Let's move it away from West Virginia, and you have, what, South Dakota mm-hmm. with, with Christy Nome, who clearly is doing things a lot better and clearly has a, a more balanced approach to government and who's giving uh, really more, more, uh, more rights and more liberties for individuals to make choices based upon the risk factor and all those things, which I think is far more sane and I would even say more biblically sound government practice. I mean, their churches and that is going to respond way different than ours. Mm-hmm. Or let's even take it even further to Gavin Newsom and California, mm-hmm. right? And so, so it really, it really tests right a lot of things because it's so nuanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you bring in the issue, like you said, where you've got the president, then you've got the state governor, then you've got the county executive, mm-hmm. then you've got the city mayor, and of mm-hmm. course. Within that, you even have more jurisdictions and mm-hmm. levels. Yeah. So it does get crazy because we, not now that we have uh, President Biden, but with President Trump, he was saying one thing, and then you had governors saying something else. Mm-hmm. And then at sometimes you had county executives saying something there. You had mm-hmm. three. And that's when it gets even harder because now it's they're all contradicting one another. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to discern who do we follow. And sometimes it's not easy to know. Right. And, uh, and that's where sometimes then you bring the Constitution into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Our federal Constitution. And that 
really in many ways supersedes so much because we are a, a constitutional representative republic because of our governmental structure, which is different than so many other countries, where our constitution in so many ways is the guiding law of the land. Right. And so so you have that to play into it, especially when you have contradictions between uh, facets of 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 political or governmental leaders. So that's not always easy to discern. And uh, but I think even there you have to you it all comes down to where where is your where is your for lack of a better word, where where do you live? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's obvious we're in Maryland. So our governor is going to uh, ultimately have the ultimate say. And our governor has clearly said that the county executives have the ultimate say. So he punted it, which I wasn't, this is one of the things I, I don't think he did a very good job on. And and I think it's it's proven it. Rather than taking more of the, for lack of a better word, the authority that he has as a state governor, because it's safe for him, he punted it to all the county executives. Mm -hmm. And he said, because... He, I think himself, again, I think it's there's political reasons in this, but I don't want to I don't want to think ill of him because he's clearly done some things that are really admirable. But obviously, his measures that he put forward were far more rational, right? And it was like, oh yeah, yeah, this is this makes sense. This is this seems right. And then he comes out and says, but I'm going to leave it up to each county to, well. I understand what that what he's saying, but what that did was that empowered now each county executive to essentially live like their own governors with their own executive powers. And he's the, for lack of a better word, our authority for our state. He then empowers them. So now we have to follow them and it gets really it gets really messy. And that's really what all of us have been dealing with in, at the county level. Is it hasn't been the governor? It doesn't matter what the governor says at this point. It's the county, it's the county executive, yeah. mm -hmm. and that because that's what he said. That's why every county executive uh, mandate or order goes back to him, and it says in it everyone because the governor said this. Now we do this, and so so yeah, that makes it it makes it really crazy. It, it really does, and but yet yeah, that's the reality, and I think that's the law, the chain of command that uh, our uh, governing authorities, and they are our governing authorities in, in every legitimate way, as there are elected officials who have, uh, who have that right to, uh, to lead in that way. And so the, that's, that's how you have, to, you have to thread that needle, and it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, because, you know, I would, <laughs> at this point, it's like, well, I don't know who to listen to, because yeah. I, I listen to the um, the news conferences for the state of Maryland, and we they're in one phase. Yeah, and then you have to listen to your county executive, yeah. and and praise the Lord because this could happen. It did. It did at one point through the because I watched this because I have to, but at one point there was there was contradiction um, between Bowie, our city, and PG County. Really? Yes, there was, and there's and there still is now, but it's more it's more miscommunication than it is contradicting uh plans and policies but mm -hmm. there was at one point then what do you do right well right. you you have to go with your city because it's mm -hmm. where you live it's where our address our church is mm -hmm. so you can see how it just keeps filtering filtering down and uh um when that happens l legally it opens the door 
more realistically for appeal and all kinds of things then because you show these contradictions and but still I mean in the immediate yeah you have to go with the legitimate and that's a big word are they legitimate but assuming they are you have to go with the legitimate governing authority for the region in which you're at Mm -hmm. and so that's why I've said multiple times we've got a lot of governing authorities more than most people think yeah it's easy if it's just the president right in the sense of that's simple right it's one 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 person one 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 office but then governor okay that's another office but then it just keeps filtering but that's that's the nature of our form of government Mm -hmm. right and uh for for good or for bad yeah so at this point right now we are looking at uh, a gentleman uh pastor who and uh not in our country but in another country that is uh in uh maximum security uh in 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 prison because uh from what i understand he wasn't uh following the uh the 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 guidelines for his local government um uh for uh for church yep for church uh assembly so um there's a couple of ways uh his name is james coates uh, if you haven't uh, picked up on and, and seen the news about it. But uh, in some ways, uh, I kind of look at him as kind of like uh, a modern-day John Bunyan yeah. who was put in jail because he was preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what a lot of people have have, have squared him off to be. Mm. But at the same time, it's kind of like people are on, on the opposite side. They're like, well, he needs to follow the rules just like everyone else, and he is – in prison because he didn't follow the rules not not this isn't persecution this isn't him you know fighting back on a government that is corrupt or following (laughs) god versus following man like that's not what that is um and they would they were the the people that are saying that uh most likely were saying the same thing about the uh uh the conversation uh that john MacArthur was having with uh, Governor Newsom and then sure. the uh, mayor of LA. Yep. So, when when that comes down to it, and this is literally like inside of our conversation because you keep saying it over and over again that there will come a time where yep. we will have to go against the government and obey God rather than men. Yep. So, in those cases, wh- what kind of things should we learn from that? You know, especially with James Coates and with, you know, MacArthur, we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, with mm-hmm. Grace Church and and them literally going uh, and 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 having a conversation uh, with their local folks. Yep. But when we look at these things, what are the type of things that we should pull from that, whether they be good or whether they be bad? Yeah, I, I think, well, first and foremost, back to what you were saying a minute ago, um, at the end of the day, comments don't matter. Mm hmm. And uh, what people think doesn't really matter, you know, in this realm of 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 Pastor Coates and Grace Life Church and all of that. What matters, and the only thing that matters, it's not. It doesn't even matter what the government says overall. What matters is what God says. And so, at the end of the day, what matters is are they obeying God, mm-hmm. right? And God has a lot to say. And that's our ultimate rule, our ultimate authority, our ultimate responsibility is to be faithful to the Lord. And uh, so uh, it's not about it's not about them obeying or disobeying government. It's about them obeying or disobeying God. Mm-hmm. That's what matters most. Now, within that, 
there is the reality that we're commanded to submit to government, right? Mm-hmm. And we're commanded to be good citizens and all of that. And so, so that's a part of that. But what supersedes everything is God. Same thing for government. They have to answer to God. The individual, the church, the elder, the pastor has to answer to God. It all comes down to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, as Christians, that matters to us. It doesn't matter to the government. They, give, they may give lip service, but most of the time they don't even talk about it because they, they want to separate from God. But for us, it does matter. For us, it's everything. So at the end of the day, the issue with, with Pastor Coates and the church is, are they being faithful to God? And that's the same thing with us, whether it's Pastor John at Grace Community, Pastor Coates, or us, or anybody. And so for them, yeah, I mean, I think they are being faithful to God in the sense of they, I think he is, he is, he is doing what he's doing based upon Scripture, based upon his convictions, based upon the elders that are leading there, and they've come to, to an understanding of the Word. They, they, have, they have borne this out in convictions, and they are seeking to follow God by gathering together as they are commanded to do. And so it has nothing to do with them disobeying the government. They're obeying God, which in this case demands that they disobey government. Mm-hmm. That's the part that, that unbelievers will never get because they don't understand God's word and don't understand God and don't understand this. However, we do, and we're responsible to it. And there comes a time and especially nowadays, where to obey God will demand you disobey government. And that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. I believe, and and the right to do it. And um, so, yeah, and I mean, I support them. I've been praying for them, and, uh, um, which, is, which is encouraging. And, uh, you know, he's a fellow TMS grad and master's guy, and don't know him personally, but I know of him, and uh, I'm just thankful thankful for him. I, I don't know all the details, so I can't speak specifically to the process and how it all worked and all of that, but I can say enough to say that this isn't irrational. It wasn't emotional decision that they thought this through, that they, they've went through the process. They've got plans in place. They had a COVID plan in place. They weren't, they're not crazies, right? They're not fanaticals who are just throwing all caution to the wind um, much like our church, they have not had one case of COVID in their church over, over 11 months, just mm-hmm. like ours. Mm-hmm. They've been following protocols and all of that. And they just reached this point where, like I've said many times, every, every church that is faithful will reach this point eventually. And it will be different for all churches. But the elders will eventually, if they're men of conviction, will reach a point when they say, enough's enough. Because enough's enough in this sense. Because this whole thing is driven by this reality of protecting, right? Like I, I said this today in my sermon. Mm-hmm. It's all driven by this reality of protecting life and all of that. Well, okay, I get that from the government's point of view, from a worldly point of view. And I'll give you the benefit of the doubt there. But we're 11 months into this. There's nothing to be protected. Life is filled with risk, yeah. right? And so, so there reaches a point where they have overstepped, i.e. government. They have overstepped their jurisdiction, and when they do, when they overstep, then the church has has a has a uh, requirement of God to do what's right in that situation. And what's right is for them, the church, to stay in their jurisdiction and continue to worship and meet and serve and do all that God's commanded them, despite what government does. And I mean, that's that's reality, and that's going to become more reality for more of us moving forward. I'm not a prophet, but I think I can speak with 
with some pretty uh, clear confidence that it's pretty obvious where we're where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, no, I uh, I'm praying for him. Uh, it saddens me. It's uh, it's it's all wrong. Um, again, I can't speak to every detail, but what I've seen and what I've heard and talked to other pastors about it that know him personally and and everything's everything's right. You know, not perfect, but everything's right. And even his attitude about it has been right. You know, he's 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 doing exactly what I've been talking about and what I'll preach about in two weeks. When I talk about civil disobedience, you do it. You do it respectfully. You do it honorably. And you do it with acceptance. Whatever whatever the government does, you accept. And he's doing that. It's 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 like, yeah, this is what you do. This is what the Bible shows us. This is what the Bible teaches us. So, yeah. I yeah. thought about all the guys that are um oh well he's in maximum security so they were smart enough or i'd say uh, <laughs> uh cautious enough to not put him amongst well other he's people. in he what he's in right now is is in covid restriction so uh, he okay. he's in complete uh, he's in he's in isolation uh, uh, he's in isolated confinement mm-hmm. so he's in the worst of the worst in the sense of he gets out of his cell an hour a day mm-hmm. he sits in his cell all by himself because of the COVID restrictions, he has to be two weeks separated from everybody. So, mm-hmm. which is pretty brutal when you think about it. He's in jail. In jail. Yeah. That's what that's what solitary confinement is, and uh, it's a it's a form of it's a it's a light form of torture, mm-hmm. right? I mean, military uses it for that, and so um, you know, I'm not saying that's why they put him in there to do that. I'm just saying it's reality. Um, but it is what it is, and. Uh, um, he's, pre- I'm confident, don't know him personally. So, but I'm confident he's prepared for it. If he's a man of God, he is. And, um, um, praying for his wife and his children and for their church. But the Bible's clear. Okay. This is, this is, this is, this is encouraging. And again, no one looks for persecution. That would be sinful. That would be selfish. Like no one, no one pursues that unless you're prideful wicked, selfish, ignorant. So I'm not talking about that. However, Jesus is the one that told us, you will be persecuted. Yeah. If you want to live godly, you will be persecuted. Matter of fact, Jesus said in Matthew 10, I, myself, Jesus, send my sheep out among the wolves. You will be dragged before governors, magistrates, judges. But worry not about what you're going to say. And they're going to kill you, but don't worry about it. Because... When it comes time, I'll, I will be there, and you will know what to say. I mean, Jesus himself prepared us for this. He prepares us through his word, through his spirit, all these things. And I am confident this man, as he's demonstrated, no doubt, a godly man, is prepared for this. The Lord mm-hmm. prepared him for this, and he'll come out. He'll come out stronger, right, if he continues to follow the word as he's done up to this. And here's what I was getting to. Jesus promises, blessed are those who are persecuted and reviled. Mm -hmm. He will be blessed for this. I don't know how. I don't know in what way. And the Bible isn't clear on that. But God has promised to bless him. And he will, whether that's a a stronger conviction, whether that's a clear faith, whether that's a deeper faith, whether that's a, a, um, a, uh, uh, a deeper mature church. You know, there's all kinds of ways in which, whether it's all the above, who knows? But one thing's for sure, time will show, he will be blessed. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that can come in many ways. Not not We're not talking monetary, we're not prosperity gospel at all, but uh, the Lord has promised that. 
he's promised that mm-hmm. and uh, and I believe in that promise and so I have no worries for him personally I only praise the Lord for you know example and uh, just like Pastor John same thing you know and they've been blessed I know the stories there mm-hmm. <laughs> since he's done this they've been blessed immensely and that's how it works and so yeah, yeah they're, they're out of the completely out of the news right now like oh, nobody's yeah. saying anything yeah. about the fact that they are I'm going to guess they're probably still meeting like they were when they were going through the conflict with the government and, you know, nothing has changed. The only time that we'll probably hear about them in the news is if somebody gets COVID. They did cancel their shepherd's conference. Okay. Yeah, because the the health department, local officials really pushed on them to do it, and they did. I don't know all the details, but they did do that. But, again, again— is probably the that was probably the, the the wisest thing. This is something about the issue that I don't think gets talked about enough, and that is Matthew ten. Back to that passage about sending sheep out among the wolves, and it's interesting because that is the context of wickedness, persecution, uh, reviling for the minister of God, the people of God amidst the wickedness of the world. Jesus says what? Be be harmless as doves and wise as serpents. Mm-hmm. And that's something that as we move forward in a context of what I believe will be ongoing and escalating persecution on various levels, varying levels, I think we're going to have to learn to be harmless as doves and wise as serpents. And I'm As American Christians, we don't really know what that is or how to do that because we haven't really had to live that Mm -hmm. in the context of persecution. And that's the context of that passage. So I've said all along, there, there needs to be wisdom and prudence applied to many of these things. It's not a one-size-fits-all for every church. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, you asked, what are some of the things we learned? That's some of the things we learned. There's not a one-size-fits-all because of what you said earlier. There's different restrictions and different zones and different governors, different executives, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Red states, blue states, all of that is going to change. And so we, that demands then that the church is ready to give grace to other churches. One of the things I've seen come out of this, which has not been helpful, is, you know, other churches expecting other churches to act like they're acting and why aren't you doing this? And, and it's like, well, you you know, if there's a universal mandate, of course we can all do the same thing, but Mm -hmm. your situation is not my situation Mm -hmm. and my situation isn't yours. And so I think that's where we need grace with one another and we need to allow the body of Christ to function as God designed it. We, we're, we're not a denominational system, despite there are so many denominations. The Bible is clear. Each church is autonomous, mm-hmm. is independent, and God has given elders to lead that church. And it's those elders, as they are led by God, as they are submissive to the Word of God, as they are convicted and impacted by the Word of God, then they lead as they deem best, because God, Christ is the head of the church, and he has given these under-shepherds to lead his church, and they're the ones who are responsible. And that will be different, not based upon Scripture is the same, but the application for your specific situation will likely be nuanced, right? And uh, I think even congregations will be different. And so how that applies, the conscience and all of that, 
So I think, again, that's one of the things you learn as you go through this, that just more grace needs to be given for guys to grow. You have a young pastor. He doesn't know how to deal with this, yeah. right? And so you got to give him time. you got to shepherd him along. You've got young congregations and so on and so forth. And so I think that's one of the lessons that I, I, I pray will, if it's a universal, everybody should do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But because it's not that, and I don't think it will be because that's too easy. That's black and white. It's mm-hmm. rarely black and white. It's going to be gray because that's part of what makes some of this um, effective for the evil one and the evil that it's seeking, seeking to promote. So that's a lesson that I think we just need to, we just need to embrace and be patient and, um, and we do need to grow. And what does it mean to be harmless as doves, wise as serpents, as it pertains to our faithfulness and uncompromising uh, nature to this, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of principles and stories and illustrations and truth in Scripture that help us grow in that, especially in the realm of persecution. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot here, but this is, uh, this is an area that, as Americans, we, we better get ready and we better grow in it. And it's and it's really pitiful that we we aren't more grounded biblically than we are, but it's the byproduct of shallow preaching for so long. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that? Like you know, you were saying that some pastors are you know younger pastors just don't know how to do that. You know, go about that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm saying this in light of there being even churches in our area that still have not met. In yeah, that's that a year. different issue. So yeah, that's so two th- different issues. Yeah, talking. that's that's okay. a different issue. We're not talking about not meeting, okay? Because that's that's crystal clear. That's not an option. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there is no option not to meet. If you don't meet, you cease to be a church. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I don't even know why you would call yourself a church. Mm-hmm. It, it it would be like calling yourself a football team that never plays football. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like who would do that? Yeah, you want to you want to come be on our football team? Yeah, when's the next game? Oh no, we we don't have games. Oh, so do you practice? We we, practice. we we don't practice. Okay, so when do you get together? We don't get together. Mm-hmm. Well, then what in the world are you? Yeah. So I mean, you see, mm-hmm. again, the word church in the Greek ekklesia at its basic meaning means assembly, means gathering together. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not gathering together, that's not the only thing that identifies you as the church, but it's foundational, right? Right, And so, no, no, that's not the issue. It's not the issue of, hey, we don't know what to do, so we're not going to do anything. No, you're going to do what the Bible says, right? And the mm-hmm. Bible says you got to meet. Bible says you got to preach. Bible says you got to gather, all these things. Now, how that all gets fleshed out in your specific context, will you wear a mask? Will you social distance? Will you gather in specific groups because to fit into the to the government's paradigm of percentage in your bill. Like that's where it gets, that's where it gets hard where guys, some, especially younger pastors don't know how to always navigate that. And that's where they need by God's grace, some seasoned shepherds around them to help them and encourage them. That's what I'm talking about. It'll be nuanced Mm -hmm. that way. Not, well, we're not meeting because I don't know. No, the word of God is clear. That's not a debatable issue. Mm -hmm. So all these churches that have not been meeting, you know, are not churches without question. Mm-hmm. Now, again, granted, in the beginning, nobody met. Mm-hmm. Like, there were no churches that met. I mean, Grace Community, because again, the plague, quote unquote, mm-hmm. air quotes, hit. Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously, nobody's going to meet, right? And which was obviously the right thing to do. I mean, again, I remember the reports like yesterday 
Upwards of two million people are going to die, and I'm just sitting there going, "This is nuts." Was that just in the U.S. or was that I, everywhere? I, I can't remember. I just remember standing on our on our platform, mm-hmm. recording the YouTube video, the first one that that it went out. When right. I literally was like, "We're, we're not going to have church on Sunday," and here's why. And I remember looking in the camera, going, "This is the report. Millions of people are going to die. I don't know, but yeah. evidently somebody knows something. I don't know because that's a that's a massive number." Well, so you're still not alone because they don't know. Yes, they still don't know. <laughs> they but that, don't know. That's the point, right? Yeah. That's the issue now. Mm-hmm. To remember, time and truth always go to, together. But in the in the in the midst of the beginning, you give benefit of the doubt, right? It's just like, yeah, no, let's step back. Let's wait and see what's going to happen. Let's let some time come through. Let's let some truth come in, and then we'll be able to know. Mm-hmm. So that's a different situation. But we're beyond that now. To not still be meeting, that's a. Uh, at best, at best, that's a doctrinal deviation, right? That's a doctrinal rejection. Again, that's 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 a that is without reservation compromise. You're you're sinning. If you're not meeting, you're sinning. I mean, there's no other way to say that. You don't have an option. Mm-hmm. You're not a church, right? Again, back in what was it, March? That's a different story, right? But now, a year later, and you're not meeting, something's wrong. Yeah. Something majorly wrong mm-hmm. with you, and so we're not talking about that. That's that's not even an option. But but the 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 how is the issue that demands wisdom and prudence and, and courage and conviction and all of those things. And and for for lack of better explanation, a lot of young guys just haven't developed that fully yet. And so that's there's they need to be shepherded and encouraged, and and there needs to be grace and patience and all of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel, uh, uh, I feel sorry for him. I would say it's, you know, and I don't know if that's the, the right term to use, but just to have like the, the few Sundays where we weren't meeting and last Sunday, you know, I was playing drums and yeah. I was at both services and I'm like, Hey, I haven't seen you in months. Like yeah. literally, yeah. you know, I'm like, wow like this is a completely different thing and i'm like how can you live like not seeing the people that you are going to church with and you know not getting fed you know uh and 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 not being led spiritually like how can you even do that and i kind of there's this there's this compassion that i have for you know the, the the parishioners that aren't getting that but then there's like this like like hey what pastor you need to be doing something it's sin it's it's a total dereliction of duty Mm -hmm. they have a duty given to them by god and they will answer for it right they are what what jesus called the hireling okay so the hireling in uh what jesus talks about when he talks about i am the good shepherd Mm -hmm. right and then he he compares himself to the hirelings the hireling you know what the hireling does when the wolves come they run. He runs. Mm-hmm. When hardship comes, when difficulty comes, they run. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I don't run. I'm the good shepherd. Hireling meaning like the hired hand. He, yeah, just a hired hand. He, yeah. he He's not the shepherd, meaning he has no investment. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He doesn't know. He's just a hireling, right? Mm-hmm. He, has, he, is, he, has no, he has no skin in the game. Yeah. It's not a big deal. To, it's just about the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, p- put the picture together. Yeah. So when the difficulty comes, when the cost comes... When the hardship comes, he leaves mm-hmm. because it's not. It's only about him. Jesus says, no, no, I'm not like that. 
I got all the skin in the game, mm-hmm. right? And so, and his under shepherds are to be the same, right? The mm-hmm. the pastors, the elders that he leaves. So, yeah, th- what we have seen through this is a utter dereliction of duty for uh, these these men. However, all that it is ultimately at the end of the day is a reality of revealing who these men really are and who these leaders are. I mean, it really is. There's been a revealing through all of this, and I've said from the beginning that's what was going to happen, and it has, in that true colors have been seen, right? The nature of the church, the 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 anemic nature of the contemporary church has proven and um and in some ways that's good it's hard but it's good because now you you kind of can see where the, the lines are being drawn mm-hmm. far more clear now than they were before and you're starting to see one thing i can tell you if there's a pastor who hasn't met for a year he's not a pastor I don't know what you call him, mm-hmm. but he is not a pastor in the biblical sense. Because <laughs> what are you doing? He's pretty much abandoned his congregation. It's exactly he's no, no, no. He's abandoned Christ. Mm-hmm. That's what he's done, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, I, I, I hear about it in our area because there's so many of them still, and 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 it, it saddens me. It actually frustrates me, but it doesn't surprise me because this is what the Bible taught, and we know that. There's so many charlatans, there's so many wolves, there's so many fakes, there's so many phonies, there's so many unbelieving, there's so many unbelieving believers, yeah. right? So many people call themselves Christians and they're not, including pastors. And so, yeah, that's that's all that is. That's really all it is. And so, and we know that's what the Bible said would be. So we don't, you know, we don't lose sleep over it in the sense of we're not, we're not surprised by it. We're saddened by it, but we're not surprised. Matter of fact, for me, I'm emboldened more, mm-hmm. right, to keep preaching, to keep shepherding, to keep leading. I mean, these are difficult days. That's why I said much grace needed. I'm not speaking critically in, a, in an arena I shouldn't. I'm speaking critically in an arena I should because that's ludicrous. Mm-hmm. That's unacceptable. And those um, those sad individuals will be judged by, by God mm-hmm. for sure. I would not want to be them. Yeah. I, yeah, that's sad. I do want to switch gears here in just a, you know, you know, for, cause I do have another question, but I think that this would be a good place to end the, the podcast and then come back and ask, uh, ask this question because this question that I have, uh, gets more into the history yeah. of, of the church and, um, and some of those things. So, uh, you know, this was, this was a good, you know, podcast, at least for, you know, me, uh, you're kind of hearing your heart on some things. Uh, but now I'm going to hear some of your brain on some of the, uh, the history stuff so we can kind of, you know, put some of that stuff out. So uh, thank you all for listening to the Truth Talks podcast. If you have any questions, please email us at the Truth Talks podcast at gmail.com. You can also drop us a line at 612-88-TRUTH and we'll be happy to uh, answer any questions or hear your comments about this. Please subscribe to the podcast as well. Leave us a, a five-star review if you can. And uh, here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. We'll stay in Romans and talk about Romans because mm-hmm. I think it's a very insightful text of scripture. Obviously, the Apostle Paul didn't plant this church, but he knew some people there. He was on his way to, to preach the word of God in other parts. And as he's going to preach the word of God, on his way, he wants to stop and speak to the people in Rome. 
And he says to the believers there that I, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now they're believers there, but he, he wants to preach the gospel to them. Because the good news is not just for the, the unbeliever, the good news is for the believer. The good news that, that Christ came, truly God, truly man, came to this earth, took on, as Philippians 2 says, the form of a slave. That is the lowest position of humanity that you can take. Suffered among us, lived this life, sacrificed so that we may be saved. The Apostle Paul in Romans, as he's planning to minister in other parts, including Spain, he, he stops to address a very key doctrine for the church and for all people is, how is it possible for sinners to be right with God? We are, we're sinners and we have a sin nature and that's why we sin. We love our sin. We plan our sin, so we love them. We relish in our sin that, so we meditate on them so we can do it again. But here's a God that scripture says he can't even dwell tabernacle. He can't hang out with sinners at all, not for one moment. It just seems that we have an impasse. We just cannot be right with God because of that sin nature. But then there's another thing. We will not be right with God because we run from God. You would think that if we need help, uh, we need grace, we do, that we'll run to God, but we don't because the scripture outlines that truth that we don't want to be justified initially. We don't want to be cleared righteous as, as treacherous as our sins are, as wicked as we are. It says that we have all turned aside in Romans. 3 verse 12. Instead of running to God, we run from God. In verse 15, our feet is swift to shed blood. The way of peace, they have not known or we have not known. Verse 11, we don't seek for God. And it's very clear. And then it says that in verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. And if you ever thought your deeds could do it, for by the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes the knowledge of sin. Now you say, well, I'm a pretty morally upright person. I mean, I listen to this podcast because, you know, this is some pretty good stuff. I'm a good person. Well, chapter three says you're not. The other thing too is that Every person is, is under the wrath of God. God's wrath abides against us because of our condition of sin. All people. And it has to do with the fact that what God has revealed to us, we suppress. In other words, we hold it down. We, we refuse it. We lessen it. And you will say, well, you know, yeah, I believe in the Bible, but you know, I believe in it having a good time. Yeah, I believe in the Bible, but I, I don't see anything wrong with living with my boyfriend and my girlfriend. I mean, we all do it and we love each other. Yeah, I believe in God, but if, if they care for each other, why can't they be together? So it shows right there, as, as you say you believe in God, your words are contrary to the nature of God, who created male and female for marriage, born male, born female for marriage. That living together is an abomination. It is a sin because you're not in covenant in that relationship. So you're both on loan, 
right? As they say, why buy the cow if the milk is free? Mm-hmm. So no one is sacrificing, no one's offering themselves up in, in the marriage. It's a dishonor to God. The scripture says that we suppress the truth. We modify it, we adjust it, we edit it. You may have found a so-called church where the pre- preacher makes you happy, but not holy. His jokes dumb down the truth. He doesn't talk about hell or heaven. You're guilty. You're suppressing it. And you will find a teacher, a preacher, so-called, who will help suppress it with you. So obviously, it's clear. You have a sin problem. You have a sin nature. You're suppressing the truth of God. You cannot be right with God. There's nothing you can do. Well, you can, I'll clean myself up this Sunday. I'll go to church. I'll get it right. I've been staying home from COVID. I'm, I'm going to get myself together. You can't. You will not. You cannot because... It is not deeds. That's not the problem. It's your heart. You have a heart of sin. You have a nature of sin. That's the guilt. It's a real guilt. It's a real problem. It's a real issue. And there's no escape of it. I can't modify the truth. I can't lessen it. You are on your way to hell in your sin. Unless you repent. That's why I have this good news. The Bible says that through Jesus Christ, God's righteousness has been revealed. What does that mean? Well, it means that God is able to declare guilty sinners righteous who have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and robe them with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We call that an alien righteousness, which means the righteousness is not in you. It is a righteousness that you're clothed with. You're robed with a righteousness. It is a righteousness not of your own. How can God do that? Well, he does that by crediting, that is imputing, the righteousness, putting the righteousness of Christ on your account and your sin, your guilt, the wrath that you deserve on the cross of Jesus Christ on his account, where the sinless Christ becomes sin for you so that you might become the righteousness, that you might be robed in the righteousness of Christ. That's justification. The way that God saves a sinner is he declares him righteous. And when he acquits you in his court, you'll never be accused. And I love using that phrase, Once God acquits you, you can never be accused by anyone. That's what Romans 8 says. Well, what can separate us? Not even your sin, not even the world, not even trials, not even death can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. As to why we want to make the gospel clear that we want you to know that you are guilty, first of all. And the only way the, the burden of guilt is removed is when Christ becomes your righteousness and God sent him to live an absolutely perfect life on this earth, to obey the law of God that you could not obey and to absorb the full wrath of the Father so that you might be declared righteous by faith. So now the sinner hears the truth of God's word, hears that Christ was sent so that he may be righteous, that Christ was sent to be the propitiation for their sin, the offering for their sin, not only um, that God will atone for a sin, but that his wrath may be placated or appeased. All done in Christ. He justifies you as a gift, the scripture says in verse 24, of Romans 3 to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus that Christ has purchased your salvation on the cross you are redeemed by the grace of God when you turn from your sin your self-righteousness your self-absorption your self-love your self-care love of this world and you turn away from this world and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith acknowledging your sin and saying God I am a sinner I've sinned against you I violated your law I am a lawbreaker by nature I'm a lawbreaker by deeds I need the law fulfiller. I need a righteousness out of my own. I trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as my righteousness. 
beautiful. God justifies, he declares righteous, the ungodly sinner who has faith in him. That's the good news that Paul wanted to declare in Romans. He spends, spends almost eight chapters, the first half, more than the first half of this letter, fleshing out what it means to be in the bondage of sin, but freeing the Lord Jesus Christ because God justifies, declares righteous, the sinner who has faith in him. When God saves you and cleanses you, you can say like David, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not ever count his sin against him or her. That's, that's glorious. If you're burdened by your sin, the guilt of your sin, it is lifted in Christ, all of it. And your past, present, and future sins, God will not hold it against you because he nailed all of your sin on the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you turn from your sin, your wickedness, your evil ways, your adulterous ways, your pornography, your love of pornography, your, your, your love of unfaithfulness, your love of, of living with that partner and you're not saved. He forgives you of the, all of those treacherous sins. If you've committed abortion, he's merciful to forgive you. Turn from your sin. Let him know you've committed that sin. It's an offense against him. And he will graciously give you pardon. He will graciously give you eternal life and he will justify you and you will have peace with God for all eternity. That's good news to me. That is why I don't want to preach reparation. I want to preach repentance. Turn from your sin and be saved and free from the wrath to come and enjoy the eternal love of the Father through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, for his glory and for your good. A ton of amens and amen again. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate you uh, giving us uh, in in such a a compact say way. I would say I know you have more to say about it. You could go on a little longer, but I appreciate you uh, doing that for us. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Truth Talks podcast. If you wanted to reach out to us, please do that by uh, dropping us a line at the Truth Talks podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 612-88-TRUTH. And uh, we appreciate you all listening. And uh, we will see you all next time. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to us. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.